Hello again. Welcome into the podcast daily. It is a Tuesday. That means that Bill Landis is joining me, Austin Ward, to get ready, kick things into gear ahead of Ryan Day's press conference. We are also expecting Jim Knowles and CJ Stroud later on in the Woody, and there will be full coverage of that on the podcast and at Dot in the Eyes as part of the Rivals Network. I, of course, write five questions on Monday, and Bill, I don't think, has even read mine, so he can't steal them from me, but maybe, <laughs> maybe this week he just has the exact same questions that I do. I think I probably have at least the the same uh, number one question that you do, <laughs> although I guess there are multiple ways that you could ask about the health of Ohio State right now. <laughs> uh, you could frame it around one player. Uh, you could frame it around six or seven players. Uh, uh, but I would I would venture to guess that your number one question is about health in general and maybe more specifically the health of one Trevion Henderson. <laughs> he was the first one that I wrote. That is correct. And I tried my best to not just make all five questions about five different Buckeyes nursing injuries <laughs> because it's not just Travion Henderson. Uh, Mike Hall also missed the game on Saturday despite going through warm-ups and dressing. Had Josh Proctor and Tanner McAllister both at safety dealing with injuries. Cameron Brown looked, I don't know, slightly less uh, than happy, full speed, full go, lock, walking off the field, however you want to put it. Uh, and Ohio State took care to get him out of that game early. Um, you know, you go sort of go through the list of guys who are a little bit banged up, and then you could still probably include maybe Jackson Smith and Jigwell on that as well. He got two catches, a handful of snaps out there to get some of the rust off. But after that second catch, went over to the sideline pretty gingerly. I don't know. Did he re-aggravate it? Did he just not feel himself? These are the questions that are being asked because the physical tests for Ohio State are about to get much, uh, much tougher to deal with as Big Ten games start coming fast and furious. They are for sure. And and that, you know, all, all those guys you mentioned are important for for any number of reasons. Um, Mike Hall to me, I think is the biggest one for this particular game coming up against Wisconsin. Um, he is, I mean, he's their best defensive tackle, obviously, but he's also, I think probably their best defensive tackle against the run more specifically. Uh, he's, he's their best of both, I guess, but yeah. uh, they, they need their, they need their best run stopping defensive tackle out there in this game. And I don't know about you, like I, I kind of read last week, although, I mean, I'll give you credit for being, probably more correct on that than the most of us who were sort of just dismissing it and thought that Mike was going to play last week. Um, I still read that more as we're going to try to not play him. Mm -hmm. Like he went through warmups. He, he dressed, he was in his shoulder pads, had his helmet with him the whole time, just never went out onto the field because he didn't have to. So that leads me to believe that we should see a full go Mike Hall this week against Wisconsin, but you, the great prognosticator of injuries, <laughs> what do you think about that? Well, I thought before the game, and I said this on on Saturday to you, like you, that he came out looking like he had the eye of the tiger, Mike Tyson style, and was going to carry through with that and have another huge game. And I think maybe it was because they had told him he wasn't going to play, and that's why he looked pissed <laughs> off because uh, he did not look pleased at all going out there. And I guess I misread that part of the situation, but uh, you know, I, I think these things are tricky, like. If we're going to make the leap and, and say that this left shoulder type situation is similar to a stinger or something of that sort, they can linger. And, you know, sometimes it's not just one week that's going to help you. And sometimes they can come back depending on 
the rigors of how you get hit and the position you play. And you know, that that's going to be tough. It's not something that I think you just like play through, especially in the spot that he's at. Uh, There's a lot of taxing demands on him on every single play um, that involve that shoulder. So I think he was, he has to have been very close or he would have been in street clothes like Josh Proctor and Tanner McAllister were that that decision had already been made. Um, We've seen other players though, that still just like going through the process and putting on pads. Jordan Hancock has been doing that week after week, but going against going against an opponent like this with big 10 stakes and everything else that comes along with it, it would be surprising to me if Mike Hall didn't play. Same is true for Travion Henderson and Jackson Smith and Jigba. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. And and honestly, too, I probably even Josh Proctor and Tanner McAllister, just based yeah. off the kind of the kind of weirdness of how that happened. It was like, I don't, I don't think anyone was at the point where they didn't expect them to play till maybe within like 24 hours of that game happening. So that that to me suggests that that we'll probably see those guys too. And like it was a week where if you wanted to be extra cautious, you could get away with it. Clearly, they won seventy seven to twenty one. So I, I don't know how many of these are are things that are going to keep guys out of the biggest games. Are probably things to monitor right throughout the year, um, sort of week to week. But but I think when the the highest leverage games come, uh, where things stand right now, I think we'd expect most, if not all, of these guys we're talking about to to try to give it a go on Saturday. I felt like on Saturday night that I was uh, Dottie Pepper trying to get the word from a caddy about what club Josh Proctor was hitting because I, I talked to him briefly in the tunnel and he started kind of walking away upset. You know, he wasn't going to get to play. And I said, so like, is this one week or two? And he didn't really want to say specifically because <laughs> he had his headphones in. So I'm not sure if he even heard it. And I said one or two and he just walked away and put one finger in the air. So, okay. That's where my great uh, great reporting came from on that was like, <laughs> I know that, that Josh Proctor's hitting seven iron there. So uh, that's the indication. I believe that the situation is similar for Tanner McAllister. So um, at safety, I thought Ohio State played pretty well for the most part without him. Yeah. You could see the improvement from one week to the next for Cameron Martinez, and uh, everyone knows what Lathan Ransom can do. But, you know, this is a defense that is – you know, driven in part by the success of its safeties in large part, perhaps. So you want to be at full strength. I mean, especially because like there's a, there's a decent chance that Wisconsin's offensive line and Braylon Allen can get, get through that defensive front and maybe force the back seven to make some plays. Like we've seen that before. It takes a group effort oftentimes to stop Wisconsin. So this is a, a week where the defense, I think, probably more so than the offense needs to be at full go. I agree with that. And it maybe leads me to my, my next question kind of going into the press conferences on Tuesday. And it's, I guess more philosophical than anything else. Just sort of like how, how does Jim Knowles feel about a game where, you know, they went comfortably Toledo scores three touchdowns, but they have like, I think it was five plays that accounted for, 170 yards or something like that and if you take them away you can't take them away but if you did take them away it was otherwise fine and like the defense the run defense i think has been really good aside from daquan finn getting loose from a couple of scrambles last week which i i don't think is going to be an issue against graham mertz on saturday so I'm, i'm just sort of curious with where where he is with that and and i don't know if it's i don't think there's anything structurally with the defense um they got 
burned by being aggressive maybe once or twice, but really I think it's just like they got to tackle better. And and I'm wondering if that's where Jim Knowles is coming out of a week where this was the the leakiest, I guess, his defense has looked so far this year, even though like I the, the struggles are probably overblown a little bit. Um, this is a different kind of test going into Wisconsin. So so I want to know where he's at with that. I'm curious where you're at with that too. Like how do you feel about the defense? Yeah, I think that Jim Knowles tried to train the Buckeyes to understand that that could happen three, four, five times in a game and to not let it impact them mentally, uh, get down on themselves or whatever else, put the blame on him and, and just move on and ignore it and try and stop the next play. I think there's probably got to be some mental training for the way we evaluate the defense or the way that fans watch games. And you said this early on, like there's going to probably be moments where you want to pull your hair out watching it. I think I'm okay watching Ohio State occasionally give something up against a blitz. You take you take a big chance, you know, it's a risk reward proposition. And for the most part those are paying off for Ohio State. I think it's funny Berm mentioned that after the Notre Dame game. Hey, you take three of these plays out. It looks really good. It's almost like obviously you can't do that, but it's the 95% of the plays that truly matter for this team and not those five where a lot of the big chunks of yardage are coming in. As long as they don't lead to points every single time, which it did cost them three touchdowns on Saturday against Toledo, but in the first two games, you'd have those, and especially with Notre Dame, it didn't cost them on the scoreboard that much. So we'll still see because I don't know that Wisconsin has the explosive ability to really test Ohio State in the same way, which sounds crazy mm-hmm. compared to Toledo, but you know, I don't think that you can go into a game and say we're going to beat Ohio State with our running attack. Like if if they know that that's if, yep. and that's been the case for a lot of years and maybe certainly they didn't get it done against Oregon and Michigan last year. So that's you know, I'm not counting that one. But in the previous 10 years of me covering this team and this happened numerous times with Wisconsin specifically, you came into that matchup and you're like, we're Wisconsin. We have a huge offensive line and a great running back. And we're going to be who we are, and we're going to beat you this way. And Ohio State's just like, nah, I don't think so. <laughs> like you have, you have to be able to do different things to beat Ohio State because if they know that you're running it, I think they're going to stop it. It reminds me of Notre Dame a little bit, like, and Notre Dame couldn't run the ball in Ohio State, and then once Notre Dame couldn't run the ball, they really couldn't do anything else. I, I kind of see this playing out similarly. The run defense has been really good. They're they're allowing less than three yards per carry. Um, they right right now their yards per carry allowed is is the lowest that I could find going back to 2009. I didn't mm. take the time to go back and look before that, but it's low. I mean they've only played three games, and two of them were against Toledo and Arkansas State. So I'm not, I'm not crowning them that you know the best run defense we've ever seen, but I think it's on the right track, and and I think it's a strength of theirs right now. The pass defense is is obviously I think more concerning to to everybody with the play in the secondary, but I'm, I'm just not sure this is a game where that comes into play, and I think this plays into what's what is Ohio State's strengths right now, and and my my. My overall thought with the defense is are they getting the ball back to Ohio State's offense? Because there were times <laughs> last year where like that clearly didn't happen enough. It just felt like the defense was on the field forever. And with this iteration of the defense, it's like they're getting off the field in three plays or like they're giving up a big play and then getting off the field three plays later. Or in, in case of Toledo, they did give up a couple of touchdowns. But uh, the they're doing their job for the most part in, in creating disruptive plays and getting off the field. And if, if a big play gets out every now and then, I just th- I think it's something you have to live with, but again, for the umpteenth time, I 
I just have a really hard time seeing Wisconsin being the team that's going to be able to exploit that in any kind of meaningful way um, or in a way that, <laughs> that allows them to, to keep it close uh, with, with Ohio State because I just, I just don't see the firepower over there for them outside of, of Braylon Allen, who's very good. But he's also running behind a, a Wisconsin offensive line that is probably a, a notch or two below what they're used to having there. Um, and they didn't run the ball all that well in the one game they played against a power five opponent. So, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm just not, I'm not overly concerned about the defense going into this week, but, but I would be curious to hear what Jim Knowles thinks about all those splash plays that happened last Saturday. Yeah. And in an effort to not just write, uh, will Josh Proctor and Tanner McAllister play, uh, or is Cam Brown hurt in my five questions on Monday, I just took the whole secondary as a whole and said, what's going on? with the Ohio State defensive backs because, you know, yeah. you have to include Denzel Burke in this conversation. And um, if Jordan Hancock win or if Jordan Hancock is coming back to get into that mix, who else could play at corner? Um, if that depth is going to continue to be tested at safety, like they've given up plays there and they're dealing with injuries and dealing with, uh, you know, a slump for a guy that many projected would be their best cornerback this year who – is working through it. We know that we've seen him putting in that extra effort. At least um, we did last Tuesday in the Woody Hayes athletic center. So, you know, that's all going on. And then I was just trying to figure out, well, is this actually something that is just a big picture concern for Ohio state? Or is there anything about it for this particular week where it could be an issue? And I didn't even realize until I looked, I went to the big 10 statistics page you use all the next level stuff you're you're much better at that than i am i'm just i was just like looking at the pure numbers what is wisconsin throwing for and if you go to that big 10 site it still shows you last year's stats and i was like wisconsin was 13th in the big 10 in passing yards per game how can that be like i know that graham mertz wasn't living up to the expectations of like when ryan day really really wanted mertz to be his quarterback a few years ago but it's like so easy for them, or it had always been for Paul Chris to generate big plays off play action, big throws off play action, and get yardage. And they had good receivers and some guys going to the NFL. It's like, how can that be right? Like, did I just completely forget how bad Wisconsin's offense was last year? And it seems like I did. Yeah, I think I think you might have. That's why uh, <laughs> Paul Chris is allegedly no longer calling the plays and, and coordinating the offense, and they bought him Bobby Ingram to do that. Although I can't say. I've I've only watched the Washington State game. I I can't say I saw a whole lot different um, from 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 them uh, offensively in that game, which they lost uh, at home. By the way, uh, that was a pretty bad loss for them, I think. So yeah. I don't I don't know. They're uh, they are they are what you expect from Wisconsin, but I think far from the maximized version of that. And we've seen the maximized version of that. And even then, like Ohio State still doesn't seem to struggle all that much with that style, at least when it comes to Wisconsin's offense against Ohio State's defense. Um, the other side, I, I think, could be interesting because I think Jim Leonard's a really good defensive coordinator, and I think he's going to try to confuse C.J. Stroud and try to confuse Luke Whippler. Um, and we get to talk with C.J. on Tuesday. You know, he's not going to give away the game plan, obviously, but I'd like to pick his brain a little bit on that, just like how how he approaches going into a game when, when he knows maybe it can be a little bit of a chess match with the defensive coordinator and, and the guys they have on that side because they don't, they don't face a whole lot of that throughout the year, throughout the regular season. Um, I think they did against Notre Dame, and and there were times when, frankly, I thought like Notre Dame got got the better of them, just to threw some stuff at them they weren't expecting. Um, 
And I want to know maybe if they learn from that uh, or what they learn from that going into this game where I'm, where I'm sure Wisconsin's probably going to try to do a little bit of the same and, and throw something at them they haven't seen before. Yeah, if it's if it's dropping into deeper, you know, secondary shells and forcing underneath throws and and forcing Ryan Day to go to his rushing attack, I, that's sort of the blueprint. The only one I can even come up with that can even yeah. pose some problems. If what Jim Leonard thinks he can do is blitz C.J. Stroud and confuse him, I think he's going to have a lot of problems. I CJ's pretty sharp, so I I think that's right. I I think he, I think in the past that has been a good plan against some of Ohio State's quarterbacks. Uh, it is it is a strength of CJ's. I think that he sees that stuff pretty well. So I I I think you're asking for trouble if you if you try to do that. And I also think too that there, I, I I'm trying not to make too much of Toledo because it is a MAC team, but but I still actually do think that that's going to be a pretty good defense. And it just it really felt to me like the offense took a step, especially like kind of figuring out what they want to do running the football. They ran it a lot against Toledo and got into a lot of big personnel sets. As I said with Berm on, on the, the Monday daily, like they ran a lot of pistol, a lot of under center stuff. And, and I guess at a certain point, it just gets to we're blowing them out. Let's just sit on it and, and run this thing out. But um, I'm also wondering, too, if, if Ryan Day maybe didn't land on a little bit of what he thinks this offense can be this year with with that stuff with play action pass game um and if it if if that all comes together with cj is the trigger man like <laughs> I, I don't i don't know i don't know what you can do other than be a team like georgia or alabama who just has absolute freaks on the defensive line but like no one in the big 10 has that so i, I don't maybe it's it's a it's a lost cause for them already i don't know <laughs> yeah I'm, i was just thinking about it like in the context of if you blitzed JT Barrett, he was really smart, but he didn't have the arm talent, and I think teams would just be all right. Okay, if we give up, if he escapes the blitz and he runs for five or six yards, which JT would take, obviously, much more frequently than C.J. Stroud, which is a different debate that continues to be ongoing, even though C.J. did run uh, a couple times last week against Toledo. C.J. seems to be able to extend plays either going backwards or stepping up into the pocket and then still looking to use his arm and if you're taking one of those extra defenders out of your pass coverage that's he seems to have just an innate ability to find where that is and where his open option is to to make teams pay I I don't know I think it was a week or two ago when I was looking at his numbers against the the blitz and I I think it was maybe PFF and Kevin Wilson made clear on Saturday night that he's not a huge fan of all of their numbers but they they do watch a lot, of, a lot of football and evaluate it in a way that not all of us can do across the country. And seems like CJ was one of the most efficient guys in the country, almost to a, an absurd level, that if you were going to blitz him, not only were you not going to put him on the ground, but he was probably like going to complete 90% of his throws, which is, seems insane, but is about yeah. where he is. And, and also now, that that was like last year when – he kind of just stayed in the pocket, and now he's he's added to his game this ability to get outside the pocket quickly. I think make better throws on the move. So yeah, I don't I, I don't know. I I'm not a defensive coordinator, so I'm not going <laughs> to pretend to be. But even if I was one, I don't really know how you'd go about stopping C.J. Stroud unless you just thought you had an, an absolute animal who could get after him up front. Um, you know, for the entirety of four quarters, which. Uh, to this point, we've not seen. I mean, and it, I guess it happened a little bit in the Michigan game last year. It felt like that that pressure got to him because he was just getting hit. Yeah. Um, but I don't, 
I don't, I don't see that from Wisconsin. I don't see it for the next couple of weeks. So I, I, I'm not terribly nervous about this matchup for Ohio State. They're a, they're a 16 or whatever it is point favorite at the moment for a reason. There's got there there's something you mentioned in there, Bill. Very sneaky. If you can give C.J. Stroud the flu right before you play him, oh. and and I'm not knocking Michigan. They had two very good pass rushers and a plan. Give him the flu and have great pass rushers. Then you might be in business. That's that's the trick. Uh, well, did, uh, isn't the the uh, very famous uh, game where like everyone uh, on Ohio State's team like drank dirty water and, and that was against <laughs> Wisconsin, right? Maybe maybe Wisconsin can get Ooh. that going again this week. Ooh, yeah, very sneaky. Tougher at home when Ohio State can control the elements, but that's right. They're not they're, they're not <laughs> taking a train to this game. <laughs> That'd be fun if they did, though. Any anything else that you need to hear? on a Tuesday in the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. There's one player that I'm interested in coming out of this weekend that I'd like to ask Jim Knowles about a little bit, and that's Tyleek Williams. Um, I, I thought he played really well against Toledo, and as Berm said on Monday, played really well against the run. Um, and obviously, again, you need that on, on Saturday against Wisconsin. So um, he has not played – Tyleek has not played, I think, probably as much as people anticipated. He's He's been more of a rotational guy than maybe – all of us were anticipating because Teron Vincent's probably played more than we thought. And, and Mike Hall has been a little bit of a revelation, uh, but I thought Tyleek played well. I'm curious if Jim Knoll saw that and if he thinks Tyleek can build onto that and maybe have a, a bigger role this week. Cause that's the, like Tyleek can get after the passer. We know that I think where his, his shortcomings have shown up a little bit is, is down after down being a really consistent run defender. Um, but that was progress. I thought last week. So I'd like to see it again this week. Yep. That'll be important. As we mentioned off the top, you got to have Mike Hall in there, defensive tackle. The Buckeyes need a big performance from that defensive line to help push back that line of scrimmage or dominate the line of scrimmage and control things against a Wisconsin offensive line and rushing attack that will be trying to exploit that as its probable best shot of winning this game or keeping it close. They are 16-point underdogs at this moment uh, heading into Saturday night in primetime at the Horseshoe. we got a lot more coverage coming your way at the podcast all week long. This has been the Podcast Daily for Tuesday. Stay tuned for Snap Judgments. Those will come from the Woody later on. And for Bill, I'm Austin. We will see you tomorrow.